0: Two, three,
1: four. Welcome to the After Credits Podcast, where we talk about the movies and the TV shows you love, even if we don't exactly love
2: them. In this episode of the After Credits Podcast, we will talk be talking all about the special Showtime show, Billions, starring Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti. Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm your host, guys. Franca D'Agata. Joining me is Nigel Aquino, and welcome back to the Aftergrads podcast. Today we'll be doing uh, sort of like a series review for Billions. Uh, it's a great series. Yeah. Uh, Nigel, what are your initial thoughts on it?
3: Initial thoughts on it is this show is fucking amazing. But uh, okay, Th- initially though, my first impression was I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to watch rich assholes fight each other. But it is so much more than that
2: yes it, it goes it runs really deep there it's a show it's a, it's not just about rich assholes it's a rivalry yes between two guys a rich uh hedge fund manager against this this a uh, really successful uh attorney general uh, no attorney district a attorney district
3: attorney also another thing is the rich hedge fund manager well immensely more wealthy than than the lawyer came from very humble beginnings. Whereas the attorney comes from old money.
2: Yeah. Well well he has he has a rich dad. He has a rich dad. That's sort of how he sort of like not necessarily yeah. got this position, but, but like he, he grew gets a rich. Yeah.
3: Well well the so it, there's a lot of like there's a lot of focus on class on like classism between the two. And the inter- and the fight between The little little guy and the big guy. However, who the little guy is and who the big guy is keeps changing definitions in in almost every episode.
2: Yeah, like this show really wants you to take a side. Normally, you're like Team Axe, meaning for Bobby Axelrod being played by uh, Damian Lewis.
3: Or you're with Team Chuck played by the always great paul giamatti
2: and just for the record i'm on team Max. nigel here across me he's is from a team Chuck all the way team chuck all the way and uh well this it basic billions the plot basically starts with uh something happening with the sec finding something about axe capital well, uh,
0: everyone has access to the information we just know how to analyze it better we spotted a suspect trading pattern you must get pins like that every day all three firms have links to bobby axelrod Play
2: hard, play clean,
3: be careful out there. Yeah. And And in this world, Bobby Axelrod's company is one of the largest, one of the largest hedge hedge funds in the world. 15 billion cap. Yeah. But also one of, at least they have a reputation of being one of the cleanest as well yeah especially
2: not not necessarily the cleanest, but the most successful most like successful. uh when Bobby talked about his his returns he he's up thirty three percent for the year which hedge fund, which in hedge fund management is just crazy like most hedge funds they their average is just two to three percent yeah, and yeah things like that what Bobby does like you're, it's really like borderline Uh, Mm. illegal like no just the fact alone that they're making 33% you'd have a big suspicion on that
3: yes but uh, nobody's ever been able to get anything to stick on him until the attorney uh, the US district attorney Chuck Rhodes Uh, Chuck Rhodes played by Paul Giamatti uh, first sets his sights on him
2: yeah he's sort of like forced by the SEC the SEC is taunting him yeah. To, uh, attack Chuck, uh, to attack Chuck, I to attack Axe, but it there's a very interesting dynamic because the wife of uh, Paul Giamatti's character, the wife of Chuck, uh, is a uh, Wendy, is Rhodes. a Wendy, Wendy, Wendy Rhodes. Rhodes, who works for Axe Capital, the hedge fund manager that the SEC is trying to force him to attack.
3: And and okay, works is actually kind of an understatement. She literally and both both Axelrod and Chuck both agree to this the only reason Axelrod is this successful right now is because of Wendy
2: yeah Wendy she's she's the in-house psychologist and she basically brings the best out of every character like in this one scene here she'll bring the best out of a trader who's going through a bad day
1: I'm down four percent year-to-date everyone else is up double digits I'm down i fucked. You don't need meds. You're just listening to the wrong voice. You're tuned into the one yelling at you over the loudspeaker that you're fucking stupid and your performance blows. And you're ignoring the quiet one inside, telling you where the alpha is. Now that's the voice that got you here. And it's still
2: there if you're willing to listen. Yeah, with, with that, Wendy, like, she's really good at, like, not just motivating people, but like understanding why you feel this way, what you can do to combat certain situations. Because we're all humans, we all have emotions, yeah. we all respond to different things. And Wendy like channels your best self. And like she basically, like, well, in this other scene, she basically brings the best out in, uh, in one of the traders. Like in one scene, uh, a trader is pushed, was told by Axe to uh, short the stock but then he sort of pushes it a bit more because of Wendy's help.
1: You nailed Lumitherm Power. Deal crumbled. I covered at 31.19. Nice. You said 32-ish, but I saw it was going even further, so I waited.
0: Whoa, living dangerously. All right, good job. You just made us another 18 million. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Yeah, yeah.
3: So the, so in a way, she's integral to the to the workings of uh, uh, Axe Capital, uh, which makes it even more difficult for Chuck to even approach taking the case because there is a massive, massive conflict of interest there. But Axe Capital is also the, just like the golden the the golden cow of financial, of the financial companies, being the being the uh, attorney to be being the prosecutor who who is able to take them down even just a little would probably cement your cement your career forever.
2: Yeah, but it also has to do with the public appeal because uh, team Ax Capital's public appeal is really high right now. Uh, Bobby Axelrod he makes a lot of donations to the police department the fire department to the to the troops and this like is
3: also connected to be, because his his former company was in the world trade towers during 9/11
2: yeah they're going to flesh out that story a bit more on how exactly he was involved not necessarily in, in creating 9/11 but how 9/11 affected his company and his life
3: also uh, also another reason why Wendy Rose was instrumental to him because she's the one who put him back together after it
2: yeah and like Axe, he had he, like as you said, like he came from a humble background. He grew up poor. He eventually became became a decent hedge fund manager, and then eventually a great hedge fund manager. And like you see, like sprinkled throughout the series, like how generous he is towards the people who were like nice to him in the past. Like one time, like he was a pizza shop company. Uh, yeah, pizza shop was giving him free food when he was a kid, and then he just wanted to reward that pizza shop.
0: I don't want no charity. Look, all I told him was the truth, Bruno, okay? That I got a call from a guy who said he was coming in here with the falafel shop and what I contract the rebuild, and when I asked you about it, you said that you were getting squeezed by a new landlord. And when I got that call, I made a couple calls of my own. Falafel shop goes in the mall, we lock you in on a 20-year lease, and I cover the overage. I don't know, Bobby. Mom, what is there to know? You let me slide for weeks without paying when I was coming in here every day after school. I wish, of course, you were a good customer. Which I want to keep being. Nothing changes. Thank you. Thank you. I'd love to tell you, I know you grew up to become what you did. But, to be honest, I have no idea. It <laughs> makes two of us.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, so... uh So, honestly, he's probably one of the most compelling characters in the film, in the, in the series... But okay, I I kind of want to focus on Chuck a little more right now because okay he's kind of a weird anomaly in the way lawyers are portrayed in in most mainstream television shows. I, I, well, I shouldn't say okay because he's they're they're playing him in a way that I find really interesting uh, because there's a balance between being the political animal that he is. Who's very focused on like public perception and 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 how uh, and his success rate, but he's also he's you can see that there's like a really strong foundation of morality behind him and how he's not going after Ax capital just because it would d- propel his career to the high heavens. It's also because since ask capital is if ask Capital is doing is committing criminal acts. It's doing the most amount of harm to the most amount of people just because of how large it is, and he can't stand to let that happen and while he well he has well, he's able to do something do something about it, however, this also leads to it becoming a dangerous obsession of his
2: oh yeah, like well, he starts off having like this litmus test of whether or not Bobby's a good guy or not, yeah. Because he knows that Bobby Axelrod is looking to buy a really nice house off the market, yeah, and uh, in in the Hamptons. And then what he does is that he sees he senses like if Bobby is a guilty guy, he'll buy the house just to prove that like he he's got nothing to hide. He's untouchable. Yeah, that he's untouchable. If he's an innocent guy, he'd play it safe, he'd leave it alone, and not try to do anything stupid. But then like. He asks his dad to like agitate Bobby by, by asking his dad to call a friend to place a bid on the house so that Axe could probably lose that house. Yeah. And yeah, it just like, and leads up to that. And then like this this very nice confrontation with Bobby and Axe. Hey, with, uh, with uh, Axe and uh, Chuck. Well, the kids in my office really thought you might buy that house.
1: And I told him you got big balls, but. Not that big they are right I'll probably pass It's so nice though, you
0: know Feels like you're part of the beach and ocean And all that air out there Shit, you know about it Your daddy's got a little place out there He must let you use a bedroom some weekends if you say please
1: Walk away
0: I should But then again, what's the point of having fuck you money If you never say fuck you
3: <laughs> okay yeah this probably cemented their eternal hate for each other
2: yeah like I, I don't know like for, from my perspective I see Chuck like antagonizing Bobby a lot mm-hmm. and then that's like Bobby's just like responding with like the necessary means
3: although what I'm seeing is a an elitist asshole who's throwing his weight around just cuz he can at the public servant
2: yeah but like i i sense I, it came because like chuck was like he went out of his way to go against bobby i
3: mean that that's kind of the point. but uh, that's kind of the point he's the big the big criminal fish there that's super tempting and is doing the most amount of harm which like what i said before however yes you're right that he's only attacking him just because you know, if he did, that'd be fucking awesome. Although, okay, this is colored by the fact we know he is a criminal.
2: Oh yeah, of course. Well, there there is some scenes that a uh, uh, a
3: lot of scenes of him bribing yeah. and <laughs> causing insider trading.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> just
3: like, like a lot of scenes. Just the, the thing is, that's why I, I can never really be fully on Axelrod's side because he's a criminal.
2: Yeah, of course. That's well between the two, I. Choose the. I'd still choose Team Max. maybe because he's like more charismatic, and like he's just. I don't know. He was just attacked <laughs> by the police, and like you want to root for that. You could say a- that he was, he was attacked unjustly with the way he was. Uh, <laughs> well, well, it's going to get. It's <laughs> a- going to get unjustly? even. Unjustly. It's going to get even worse with the way like, with the way like Chuck and his father. Oh like, yeah, that's play, true. Plays a role in this. I say this just despite that. I say
3: this, but Chuck goes through really really extreme means to stick at the axe
2: yeah and then the axe does the same thing like to defend themselves um well one one funny scene though uh, i like the highlight was uh when axe they hired their own internal auditor just to like make sure that their company's safe like they even had like a fake sec raid in their own company so they know like who's the rats who would uh who would cave down. The, to like, who's going to cave. Yeah, who would cave down to authority. And like, here's a really funny clip from Wags.
0: They're here for our support and our protection. And you will not even be taking a piss without them close enough to give it a shake. From here on, we evaluate every move. Not just for the upside, but for its ethical grounding. We have to be more pure than the Virgin Mary before her first period. Fuck Wags.
3: <laughs> Honestly, okay. Wags, uh, Wags right here is his right-hand man in Axe Capital. Yeah, this and hero. one of my favorite characters in the entire show. He's just so entertaining in every scene he's in.
2: Yeah, and then, like, his, his theme in general is, like, so fun to watch. Like, yeah. Axe's theme, like, from, like, the fact that he has this really loyal guy called Dollar Bill who, yeah. like, Chuck goes after early on in the season. And, mm-hmm. like, he makes these really funny comments, especially against, like, uh, when he was like interrogated, <laughs> he's basically telling his lawyer to not say, to not recognize their authority and all that.
0: The case against my client is entirely without merit. <laughs> Bill Stern bribed a company official in exchange for material inside information. It does not get any clearer. He became friends with a farmer working at a company he covers. He was so moved by the plight of that man's daughter that he arranged transportation and medical care for her. Now, if you can convince a jury of citizens that paying to save the life of a sick child constitutes an illegal benefit, then you should go ahead and take us to trial. Mm. My client has no interest in cooperation, no interest in a plea, and he does not recognize your authority. (laughs)
3: <laughs> the fuck does
0: that mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Oh there's actually there's a, there's another thing here. Um it's also a kind of a clash between liberal and conservative conservative beliefs of over whether or not governments should have any insight over a private company.
2: Oh that, yeah. That's like
3: that's like a, a a tiny thread in the whole in the whole story.
2: Oh yeah. We we can get that we can re- get that right off like especially with their they're huge confrontation There's one of the many confrontations that like uh Axe and Chuck have. But like this one is one of the best confrontations. Oh yeah, definitely. You get to see like the mind side Yeah, the, the and like the in- the mindset of yeah, each yeah uh, and also the motivations for each character, especially from like Axis and uh Axis and Chuck's perspective. Oh.
1: Well then maybe you have a sliver of my pain. Because you've stripped away everything that matters to me. You came at me! Because you're a criminal, Bob. And it's my job to shut him down and put him in jail.
0: Well, if that's true, you're not very good at it. You're also full of shit. What have I done wrong? Really? Except make money. Succeed. All these rules and regulations, arbitrary. Chalked up by politicians for their own ends. And these fines, you're always going after. Where do they go? Who gets them? The poor?
1: No. The Treasury. The government. It's taxation by other means. Save the civics lesson and the Ayn Rand bullshit. The fines are the minimum of what you should have to pay. Oh, you decide what cases to take, and you only
0: take the cases you won't lose. But you got it wrong with me. Because this country was built on industry and competition. So they will
1: always have a place for me. And maybe a few generations from now, they'll tell stories about you. Like they do Jesse James or Billy the Kid. Oh, the myth is so fucking romantic. The rugged individual who won't back down to the unimaginative, do-gooder authorities. Only in reality, those guys stole and hurt and destroyed lives. Now, you say you don't think you've harmed anyone. I say that the effect is the same, worse even, because you infect the entire world. You throw the whole system off balance, leaving chaos and poverty in your wake.
0: I make this system run. I have contributed hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes and philanthropy. <laughs> I employ hundreds of people directly, thousands indirectly. What do you do? Nothing besides suck from the municipality, feed off of it. And in exchange, you what? Keep order? You're a traffic cop hiding in federal robes.
1: I'm moved. I am, uh, that is gonna play huge to the other guys on your cell block. <laughs> oh, you're sure to become president of the uh, Libertarian Club of Danbury, federal Prison. Cause no matter what you say, that's where you're ending up. Keep that as a memento. And every time you look at it, know that deal is as good as it is ever going to get for you. And one day, you are going to wish like fucking hell that it was still on the table. And
0: you should have kept half of that for yourself, too. Because when I pull a deal off the table, I leave Nagasaki behind.
1: Resources is one with nothing to lose. And that is what you are looking at. Right here.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I-, oh, I oh, that that's the Ending dialogue of season one, and it's my f- it's my, probably my favorite scene. In and the entire.
2: build up to it just makes it more better. Oh my a god, a lot better!
3: Yeah, oh, because like it's like at that moment, literally, they've ripped each other to shreds.
2: Yeah, and it just gets better in season two, man. Oh man, season like two is so good. This, this show is so nice, although I'm kind of worried it might end up like suits. <laughs> because I because I love suits. I love the first few seasons of suits. It had nice chemistry between the guys and a, a really motive, a a really nice plot. It's just that you feel like this rivalry might be just as repetitive. Yeah. Like one side wins, the other side wins. They take turns winning. Yeah. Although well right now, every time one side wins, like it just they raise the stakes a lot. So like the gravity of each win is so much more.
3: Yes, yes, especially in season two when, when honestly both sides start getting, get start having more stakes and things. If you know what I mean, like they they stand to lose a hell of a lot more in season two.
2: Yeah, like especially like with Wendy, especially mm. like Axe has a really good relationship with Wendy. Wendy was Axe's first employee in Axe Capital. Yeah, and.
3: Possibly like, the one person in the world who un- understands him the most.
2: Yeah, because she also has a lot of private lessons with Axe. And that is what Chuck is very jealous of.
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah. It, it, honest, and not jealous in that they spend a lot of time together. He's, he's also He also cannot stand the fact that she insists that the criminal that he's going after has any merit. If you know what I mean. Oh, yeah yeah that, that's like that's one of the big problems here as well is just that they've demonized each other so much that they can't really see each other's humanity anymore you hmm. know if you know what i mean like they would happily watch each other burn in hell yeah that's that's kind of like it, it it's kind of reached that level and honest and honestly there is a definite end to this i i, 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 I can see it happening in maybe one or two more seasons
2: it shouldn't last more than that, yeah. like i I think it's sort of like house of cards, yeah, in the sense that the stakes keep he it's, just rises in power. It's the like, stakes keep on getting higher.
3: it's like barreling towards a point, and then there's like a cliff,
2: yeah. and then once it hits this certain point, it just becomes like hyper if you, fictional
3: if you continue after that, it's kind of weird, yeah, yeah.
2: like you don't want to get it to that. but like, as of right now, seasons one and two are really great seasons. Yes. I, they're setting, I think season three would be a great uh, last season for mm. Billions. I'd say season three is a good season three ending for that. Uh, and yeah. that's why we want you guys to watch it. Seasons one and two, we give it like, I'd give it like a solid like nine out of ten. What nine. would you, Nige?
3: Nine, 9.5 out of ten. Yeah. yeah, nine for the first one, 9.5 for the second one. Because I think they improved a lot in season two. That's what. That's another reason why I really liked it because you can see a clear, Im- like in improve, in, like a clear improvement from season one, and season two. That they're still growing. Like the characters are growing. That the plot line is actually getting. is actually staying cohesive. It's not. It's like going off into random directions. It, it, it. Everything still feels solid. Like they have a really good handle in what they want to show and what they want us uh, and what they see for the future of the of the show itself
2: yeah season one might have like one or two filler episodes yeah but season two doesn't have any filler episodes every oh, yes. episode just like leads and contributes to the main story which i really like about the tv series
3: yeah i i actually i remember you saying that you thought that the season season two didn't really start until like season episode like five or six or something like that but then there's like like uh, after we saw the ending to the whole to the whole show yeah you needed those early episodes you need those early episodes to set up the entire storyline and just i I really like when shows do that
2: yeah and it's something that you want to watch again especially leading up to season three Mm -hmm, and uh yeah anything else you want to say nigel
3: um they added a bunch of new characters to season two that i really liked uh the uh, one standout was the uh, the new analyst that they added. What was what was their name? Um, Taylor. Taylor. Uh, yeah, they added a new analyst called Taylor, who's being sort of groomed by Axelrod to be a sort of uh, successor to him, because uh, similar to Axelrod, uh, Taylor has a really deep analytical mind and is able to see connections between things that normal people don't see usually it's just it, it's it's really interesting to watch their dynamic because like Axelrod's kind of they have similar minds but they have such different personalities because like Axelrod is this big bombastic like uh, down to earth kind of guy yeah. whereas Taylor's Taylor's more like a robot
2: yeah like I sort of like in their relationship to do you watch this anime called no game no life yeah, yeah I, rem- I remember that. it's that Sora and Shio relationship yep, where like Sora that. is axe in the fact that axe can like he reads people he reads scenarios yeah and then Shiro is this computational genius yeah, yeah who can yeah. like read every tactic every strategy like and basically find yeah, uh, Axe Capital ahead in every situation. And that's what I like about dy- th- that dynamic. Yeah. Y- and then you can see that like uh Taylor, she they, she, she like they, she, at first she at first they didn't want to uh like axe staying with axe, but they wanted to uh they, sh-
3: they could see what yeah what like all the things they could learn from axe it and like how being in that company is going to elevate them into the
2: stratosphere. Yeah, that's Wh- true.
3: Which is kind of the allure of Axelrod himself,
2: because like he's kind of like ah, and, and it doesn't hurt to be paid a lot. It th- doesn't hurt. They love <laughs> making yeah. seven figures in a lot of wakes,
3: Axelrod is kind of a, like uh has superpowers, if you know what I mean. Because he yeah, has, he's like Batman. Yeah, he's like Batman, but just rich so he's Bruce Wayne he's just Bruce Wayne
2: <laughs> oh yeah that's true yeah uh, anything else you want to say Nige
3: um I cannot wait for season 3 and yeah that's pretty much it yeah
2: yeah, yeah. dude I, I love watching villains. i I'm glad I was able to get you to watch it cause yeah
3: cause like I I literally said I don't I don't want to watch I don't want to watch Rich assholes Fight each other But it's uh, Yeah yeah Honestly I'm so glad I mean like
2: Maybe the title of it It's called Billions Maybe you think of like A lifestyle Kind of TV series No it's not really lifestyle It's a rivalry Yeah And good rivalries Are always great Like Lakers Celtics Yeah uh, Atoneo LaSalle Atoneo LaSalle
3: Uh, I don't know any other
2: Like uh, Pats Broncos I mean like They all hate each other and it's such a good show to watch yeah and it makes you want to choose sides like i mean like i'm the opposite side i'm in the opposite side of nigel and like it's fun to just talk stuff
3: oh uh, yeah so with that thank you guys for listening to our review of billion season one and two
2: be sure to check us out on aftercreditspodcast.com on our or on our facebook page facebook.com slash after and uh, uh on
3: itunes just search after credits podcast If you can, leave a review. It really helps us out. Thank you.
2: Yeah. And anyways, thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you again probably next week for either Pirates or Baywatch. Baywatch. Bye. Bye.